0: Welcome to the Let's Remember This podcast, where we're taking time to slow down, sit down, and spend time in Scripture. So wherever you're at, wherever you're listening, I encourage you, grab a pen, grab your Bible, a notebook, and let's not only read Scripture, but let's ask the Holy Spirit to speak, and let's remember this. Good morning, Welcome again to the let's remember this podcast. We are going to be reading today again in Galatians two so we are reading verses six through ten this week and just asking the Holy Spirit every day what it is that he wants us to not only just read but also remember and we're getting to some of the parts where some of these verses they tend to be hitting on the same things and can at times maybe even feel a little repetitive but that is one of my favorite parts about scripture is that so many themes and so many things are repeated even stories are repeated and we see paul continuing to bring up these same types of things and so in today's verse we're going to experience some of that but i do want to encourage you that even if scripture starts to feel a little bit repetitive to not let that stop you from diving deeper and really asking the Holy Spirit what it is that he has to say. Because sometimes I wonder if we have to keep hearing it because we're not actually remembering it. Because to remember something is to do more than just hear it once or twice and to recognize that we've heard it. But it's to call back to memory. Like, what was it that God really was speaking? What was it that he wanted me to do and he wanted me to learn and know about? So we're going to read today Galatians 2, verses 6 through 10 from the New Living Translation. So here we go. And the leaders of the church had nothing to add to what I was preaching. By the way, their reputation as great leaders made no difference to me, for God has no favorites. Instead, they saw that God had given me the responsibility of preaching the gospel to the Gentiles, just as he, just as he had given Peter the responsibility of preaching to the Jews. For the same God who worked through Peter as the apostle to the Jews also worked through me as the apostle to the Gentiles. In fact, James, Peter, and John, who were recognized and known as the pillars of the church, recognized the gift God had given me, and they accepted Barnabas and me as their co-workers. They encouraged us to keep preaching to the Gentiles while they continued their work with the Jews. Their only suggestion was that we keep on helping the poor, which I have always been eager to do. Let's pray. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Would you use your words, this written word, to speak to the inmost parts of our being? Would our ears not only hear your words, but would our heart receive them today as we listen? Our desire, God, is to know you more So we just ask that your Holy Spirit now would come. We ask this in your name. Amen. Okay, so he's mentioning here Peter, James, and John. We're going to be focusing on verse 9. It says, Peter, James, and John, who were known as pillars of the church, recognized the gift God had given me, and they accepted Barnabas and me as their co-workers. So, Paul is now saying, okay, we're accepted as their co workers. But I want you to remember that Paul has been bringing this up several, several times this idea of I'm not seeking their approval, but I also went to get their approval and all of this. So, he is kind of like negotiating this fine line of making sure people know, yes, he got his gospel from man, but also that he did have the backing of people that were well-known names at the time. So this is the third time in verse nine that he's mentioning these things. And he gives now these special people kind of the nickname, the pillars of the faith. Now I was thinking about this, like, why would Paul say this? Why would he call them this? Well, I wonder if it could be because at the time, like the temple in Jerusalem, it would have been physical pillars that held them up. And then I started thinking about how, Today the church, the body of Christ that we are the temple and and thinking could it be that Paul is trying to tell us like okay now it's not just about a physical place but it's about a people and these are some of the people that are holding it up. And I also find it interesting that it is to Peter that Jesus actually says like upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. So just think that those are some interesting things and kind of as I'm I'm reading today some things that just kind of struck my attention. And kind of gave me that curiosity of that he is referring to them as as these pillars. In some sense, he's he's referencing this new this new kind of temple. Um, but really, the next thing that kind of stood out to me was I started to to think back to what Paul was actually saying here when he's talking in the first verses earlier in this chapter about making sure that he wasn't running his race in vain. You see, if he was running in vain, then he would have been opponents to these pillars of the faith. So if he was running in vain, he would have been opponents to the Jerusalem pillars, but because he received his gospel from God and Jesus instead of man, now they're recognizing him and calling him a coworker with them. His participation in the gospel with them and his mission to the Gentiles with this same gospel are really the reasons that he needed to go up to Jerusalem and present the gospel to them. So he's going to them. And then we read earlier in the verses, if you remember, that there were some sneaky kind of false brothers that were coming in and trying to compel Titus to be circumcised. And so these were not the pillars of the faith that were doing this. These are some false brothers that were doing this. But either way, Paul wanted to make sure that he went to Jerusalem to present this gospel to them. But the words that I highlighted was that they recognized the gift God had given me and they accepted Barnabas and me as their co-workers. They recognized the gift. It made me think back when I was young and I had just started preaching. I had someone say to me, Abby, God has given you a gift. Now your role is to steward the gift. Don't try and prove the gift. Don't try and push the gift. Just steward the gift and the gift will speak for itself now those are words that i have remembered my whole life when i think back to those early years of the first sermons i was writing and even now i feel that responsibility of i'm not supposed to push the gift i'm not supposed to prove the gift but but to steward what god has given me and let the gift speak for itself and i've seen that to be true where i know that the things that god has given me they have to come from god there's no way it can be my own ability And that God uses that to open the right doors when he wants to use the gift that is really his, that he's given me to steward and to hold for this moment and this time and to use it in the ways that he wants to use it. And I want to just stop there for a minute because I think a lot of times whether for me it's preaching, but there's other gifts that, that I have. And for, you, for most of you, you're probably not pastors and you're probably listening to this in your workplace or you're listening to this in your homes. And to think about what are those things that God has given you that maybe at times you feel like people don't recognize. And to just stop and realize today that if God is in it, if God has given it to you, then God will use it and people will recognize it in his time. It might not be in your timeline, But they will see it. They will recognize it. Now, I'm one of those few people. I think everybody can be so like anti-social media, but I really love Instagram. Like I really do. But I think it's because I finally have found a way to do it well, where I follow and kind of um, interact with pages that are uplifting and encouraging, and ones that have you know scripture and all this kind of stuff. So I just see things, and honestly, like it's so can be so helpful. Now, it can also be really destructive if you don't do it right. Um, but someone posted this this week and I've been thinking about it and and they said it was, you know, one of those pretty graphics, of course, but it said, if you're busy seeking God's kingdom, you won't have time to build your own or something along those lines. If you keep busy seeking God's kingdom, you won't have time to build your own. You see, Paul wanted to make sure people knew he wasn't just building his own kingdom, but it was all about Jesus. And how do we make sure that we're not just building our own kingdoms? Well, we stay centered and focused on seeking first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness. And I think about that so often in our lives that it can be so easy to walk that fine line of how do we make sure that we're not just creating these gifts and these things on our own, but we're truly seeking the kingdom of God and making sure that it's his kingdom that we are seeing come. But one of the ways that we can often get stuck with this is through comparison. We compare our timeline, we compare our roles, we compare our success, or even how we define success, and realizing that our timeline might look different. The way that God speaks to us might look different than other people. And so, even if you have things where you're like, I feel like God has given me this gift, but I'm just not quite sure because maybe it's not, you know, a typical one like actually preaching the word and being a pastor. <laughs> And, and I am a firm believer that we need way more people in the workplace, in the marketplace, in businesses, in hospitals, in schools, preaching right now. And, and so to think of that is sometimes it can be easy to compare, well, this isn't the gift that I have. And so I, you start to compare your gift and then you don't use it. Or you start to compare the timeline of people aren't recognizing it. People aren't approving of this. And we can get stuck there in comparison or what the wins are. But what I love here is, again, that we see if God is in it, people will see it. You see, Paul, you can sense this nervousness of him making sure I'm not doing this in vain. He wanted to make sure he was doing it well and that he was honoring the gift that God had given him, that he was stewarding it well, but also recognizing that it's not our job to prove it, but to just show up and say, this is what we have. This is what we're stewarding. And Paul was stewarding it, right? He wasn't just holding closed fists, the gift that God had given him. He was using his story, his testimony freely, and God started to open more doors, the more to... The more that paul started to walk and kept moving forward and we see here then that the pillars of the faith they recognized it and they saw it because they too were seeking god's kingdom they too were preaching the gospel and using their gifts so they recognized that yes this is a gift from god and so i hope these thoughts came across clear and not so scattered today but really what i'm looking at is thinking that god has given us all unique gifts And it might look different, our role might look different, our timeline might look different, but just as we said yesterday, it's the same God in them. And so, if you are in a place where you feel like God has put things on your heart and God has given you these gifts, can I encourage you to start practicing them, to start stewarding those gifts, to start walking in that gifting? And just like Paul, knowing that the more that you seek God's kingdom and the less time you spend building your own, that people are going to see the gift that God has given you and they're going to give God glory because of it, because it's all him and not you and not me and any or anything that we could do on our own. If God is in it, people will see his glory and see his goodness through the way that you steward that gift. So you don't have to prove it. You don't have to, to push it just keep praying keep seeking the presence of god and the gift will speak for itself and the gift will give god glory the way that it was intended to so let's read again galatians 2 6 through 10 and the leaders of the church had nothing to add to what i was preaching by the way their reputation as great leaders made no difference to me for god had no favorites instead they saw that god had given me the responsibility of preaching the gospel to the gentiles just as he had given Peter the responsibility of preaching to the Jews. For the same God who worked through Peter as the apostle to the Jews also worked through me as the apostle to the Gentiles. In fact, James, Peter, and John, who were known as pillars of the church, recognized the gift God had given me, and they accepted Barnabas and me as their co-workers. They encouraged us to keep preaching the Gentiles while they continued their work with the Jews. Their only suggestion was that we keep on helping the poor, which I have always been eager to do.